It's Wednesday, January 15th. Welcome to Skim This. We're breaking down the most complex stories of the day and giving you the context on why they matter. So, unless you're brunch pals with Nancy Pelosi, you probably haven't heard anyone say the I word for a while. Well now, impeachment is back in a big way. Then, President Trump is all about his big trade deal with China, or at least phase one of a trade deal. But this trade journey we're on is starting to look a lot more like the Odyssey. And finally, we recap a big moment from last night's debate that Twitter is still talking about. We're here to make your evening smarter. Let's skim this. Today's episode is brought to you by JustWorks, simple software and expert support for benefits, payroll, and HR. Remember impeachment? Hi, it's been a while. President Trump was impeached by the House of Representatives almost a month ago. House Speaker Nancy Pelosi could have decided right then and there to send the official articles of impeachment to the Senate. But she wanted to influence what the Senate trial should look like. So she held off on sending the articles until today. So the question now is, was it worth the wait? That's what we're going to try to answer. But first, a note about logistics. Passing along the articles of impeachment to the Senate involves more than just attaching a PDF. The House has to print the articles out on paper and then physically walk them over to the Senate just across the building. Your Fitbit would probably tell you to get more steps after that walk, because it's not long. Keep moving. That very short journey last took place in 1998, when the Republican-controlled House impeached President Clinton, after which a select group of 13 Republicans hit print, laced up their boots, and started walking. It was ceremonial, but not very exciting. No music or anything. In any case, that same walk's gonna happen later today. This morning, Nancy Pelosi finally picked her seven impeachment managers. They're like the security detail who literally escort impeachment over to the Senate. And once there, they'll help prosecute the case against President Trump at the trial. We'll have more on who those managers are and the role they'll play when the Senate trial starts, which is likely next Tuesday. Pelosi's announcement led to another House vote to formally kick things over to the Senate and signal time to lace up the boots. The resolution is adopted and without objection, the motion to reconsider is laid on the table. But now, a lot of people are wondering if Pelosi made the right move by dragging this out. Well, there are two ways to see it. People in favor of the delay are pointing to a couple of things. The first is that, like we said, Democrats wanted input on how the Senate trial should look. Their big thing was making sure the Senate called new witnesses. For context, when President Andrew Johnson faced an impeachment trial back in 1868, the Senate called in 41 witnesses. And for President Clinton's trial, there were three. This time, Democrats want the Senate to call four witnesses who we haven't heard from yet. Four people who might have firsthand info on President Trump's dealings with Ukraine. Which, remember, is at the heart of the impeachment story. Pelosi hoped by delaying the Senate trial, she might pressure Republicans to call those witnesses. And judging from all the media buzz about witnesses lately, that pressure is definitely there. Another possible benefit of Pelosi's impeachment delay is that it bought enough time for some stunning new evidence to get added into the case for impeachment. Yesterday, the House Intelligence Committee released new documents from a guy named Lev Parnas. He'd been working for Trump's personal lawyer, Rudy Giuliani, in Ukraine, and FYI, was arrested in October on charges of breaking federal elections law. These documents included a letter from Giuliani to Ukraine's now president last year, asking for a meeting. 
Rudy's letter said he was doing this with the knowledge and consent of President Trump. And the letter coincides with the time period in which Rudy admits he was trying to get Ukraine to investigate the Bidens. That's a key detail, since Trump's defended his Ukraine actions by saying they were about stopping corruption in general, not about targeting political opponents like Joe Biden. This letter could complicate that argument. Other Parnas docs showed Giuliani associates hinting that they'd put the U.S. ambassador to Ukraine, Marie Yovanovitch, under surveillance. That's also a big deal, since Yovanovitch testified that she'd been told her security was at stake when she was ordered to leave Ukraine. But if that security threat actually came from people working for the president's personal lawyer, and possibly with the knowledge and consent of President Trump, it could strengthen Democrats' arguments that the Senate should bring in more impeachment witnesses like Secretary of State Mike Pompeo to explain what really happened here. So if it took delaying an impeachment trial to get that info, Pelosi's strategy might have paid off. Here she was today. Time has been our friend in all of this because it has yielded incriminating evidence, more truth uh, into the public domain. But Pelosi's decision to stall may not have accomplished quite so much. Yes, she used the last month to build public pressure on Senate Republicans to call new impeachment witnesses. But they could choose to ignore that pressure, as well as the new evidence we just talked about. Also, delaying the Senate impeachment trial by nearly a month might have created problems for the four Democratic senators currently running for president. They're about to be called off the campaign trail and back to D.C., where they'll basically be on jury duty. Because senators act like jurors in impeachment trials. And this trial is likely going to last a few weeks. Which means Elizabeth Warren, Bernie Sanders, Amy Klobuchar, and Michael Bennett aren't going to be stuck in the impeachment trial leading up to the Iowa caucus and the New Hampshire primary just around the corner. So what's the skim? Almost a month after the House impeached President Trump, the articles have now left the building and are headed for a trial in the Senate next week. That means Speaker Nancy Pelosi's role in the process is basically over, though the jury's still out on whether she should have pressed pause in the first place. Another thing the jury's still out on is whether a big new announcement about US-China trade is all it's cracked up to be. That's next after the break. This episode of Skim This is brought to you by JustWorks. JustWorks makes it easier to start, run, and grow a business. With JustWorks, small businesses get access to high-quality benefits, automated payroll, compliance support, and easy-to-use HR tools, all in one simple platform that makes work and life easier and more fun to navigate. To learn more about JustWorks, visit JustWorks.com theskim. Again, that's JustWorks.com theskim. Okay, so you've probably been hearing a lot about the U.S.-China trade war. The world's two largest economies have been duking it out for almost two years, putting billions of dollars worth of tariffs on each other, even while saying they wanted to work things out. Spoiler alert, you know how in the Netflix movie Marriage Story, Adam Driver and Scarlett Johansson's characters start out saying they want to divorce amicably, but then things get heated and really expensive. They sort of lost sight of who they were as parents and sometimes neglected what was most important to them. Not totally dissimilar to what's been going on with the U.S. and China. Today, President Trump and one of China's top leaders, Liu He, announced phase one of a trade deal. And Trump seemed as happy as anyone to get this far. At a press conference this morning, he turned to his son-in-law and said, This is harder than real estate in New York, isn't it, Jared? Huh? 
Trump says the U.S. will win a few things in the deal, like China committing to buying $200 billion more dollars worth of U.S. exports over the next couple years. China will also crack down on Chinese companies stealing technology from American companies. But even though Trump and Chinese President Xi Jinping may be coming out looking like winners, critics say this won't do enough, and that phase one won't make up for the damage that's already been done to American consumers and companies, who've seen hits to their bottom lines and have had to cut jobs and raise prices because of tariffs. And while China's promising to buy all these goods from U.S. industries, it's unclear if there will be any way to enforce that, and the details of what exactly they'll be purchasing are not being made public. Not only that, the deal still leaves tariffs on $370 billion worth of Chinese goods. That's two-thirds of what the U.S. imports from China. Just like we've learned in Marriage Story, despite your best intentions, tidy endings are never guaranteed. In the meantime, keep an eye out for Phase 2. For more on what the China trade deal can mean for your wallet, head on over to theskim.com money. All right, so there was a Democratic debate in Iowa last night. Our newsletter, The Daily Skim, went in-depth this morning on all the issues that came up and the state of the race before voting starts in Iowa next month. But probably the most defining, memorable moment from the night came from Senator Elizabeth Warren. She was asked about an encounter from several years ago, in which she claims Senator Bernie Sanders told her that a woman couldn't win in 2020. But Warren's response last night avoided the she said, he said, and took it to a surprising next level. Here's the clip from CNN. Bernie is my friend, and I am not here to try to fight with Bernie. But look, this question about whether or not a woman can be president has been raised, and it's time for us to attack it head on. Um, and I think the best way to talk about who can win is by looking at people's winning record. So can a woman beat Donald Trump? Look at the men on this stage. Collectively, they have lost 10 elections. The only people on this stage who have won every single election that they've been in are the women. Amy so and me. Those two women are Warren herself and Senator Amy Klobuchar of Minnesota, who's held public office ever since she was elected Hennepin County Attorney in 1998. In under 40 seconds, Warren not only addressed the drama between her and Sanders, she reframed the national conversation about women in politics. You can expect that moment to bolster both her and Klobuchar's campaigns in the days ahead. Before we go today, we wanted to share a career tip we just learned from the latest episode of Skim from the Couch. This week, our co-founders and co-CEOs, Carly and Danielle, sat down with model, actress, and businesswoman Kate Upton. Kate's been working since she was 15 years old, and she told us about how her experiences on set taught her the value of speaking up, even if you're the youngest in the room or the least experienced. It made me learn that I really need to speak my mind and that my opinion does matter because of all those experiences. And, you know, there was so many times on set when I'd be like, it would be way more efficient if they would just do this or if they would just shoot me from this angle because I already know <laughs> that lighting's bad yeah. and it, it's not going to take three hours. But I would just keep my mouth shut because no one wants to listen to the model on set. And now I'm like, nope, <clears throat> my time is worth something and I'm going to say it and we're just going to move on. We're going to get this done right. 
The latest episode of Skim from the Couch is available on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. And that's all for Skim This. Thanks again for listening and be sure to hit subscribe and rate and review us online. If you want to add the Skim to your morning routine, sign up for our free newsletter, The Daily Skim, right on our website at theskim.com. It's everything you need to know to start your day right in your inbox. Thank you.